Girlfriends, episode number 28, Hurt People, Hurt People. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me. What's going on in your life? How's your summer going? This is another pre-record situation. Um, I'm taking care of putting together some podcasts before uh, the trip to France that I'm taking for work along with my husband. So I'm hoping it'll be maybe just a little bit of fun um, coming up in July. So uh, this episode will be released sometime during that time. Um, but in real time, I just got back from my baby brother's wedding. My baby brother got married. It was sweet. We took a road trip, epic road trip. Bean family uh, <laughs> does this kind of thing. We drove down to Pennsylvania. Um, and technically, it was supposed to, you know, according to Google Maps, be just barely over eight hours of driving. But as I found out with the kids, I drove down uh, separately from Dan because he had a scheduling conflict and flew down the next morning. But I drove down with kids, six of them, and it took us really like 11 and a half hours to get there. But the kids were great. I am always, okay, not always. I'm usually gratified to find out how well my kids handle road trips. And I usually, not always, enjoy them myself as a time that we kind of separate ourselves from our everyday routines, you know, that we're away from our usual obligations inside the house or work obligations, other things that we're always doing that distract us from one another. And we're stuck in the car with each other for hours and hours and hours, which yes, can be a recipe for disaster. We've certainly had our share of disaster moments in road trips. But I think they're really memorable too. And there's a unique kind of family bonding that happens on the road. I know it's not for everybody. I know some people who just can't handle it. And, you know, maybe if you're at a place in your life where you've got a bunch of little kids, it might seem impossible to you. But if you're considering at all taking a road trip this summer as a family, it's really the most economical way to get a nice vacation, get away from it all, maybe visit family or, or see a part of the country that you haven't visited before. If you're into camping, it's a really economical way to have a family vacation, especially if there are a lot of you. But I really like it. And we hadn't done it in a while. So it was fun. Um, even though it was exhausting, uniquely exhausting. I told you I've been keeping track of my steps. Well, that was my number one anxiety during 11 and a half hours on the road. I was not getting my steps in. So, you know, every rest stop, I would encourage the kids to get out and walk around and move around myself. And, um, you know, but then while we were on the road, we played music, we did um, some talking. Um, and, you know, some of the kids played games. And I just think it was it was a fun family bonding experience, just the trip to get there. But then when we got there, all of my family members, now there were nine of us in our family, there were nine of us growing up, and all nine of us were there, were present there. Not all of us were able to bring our spouses and kids. Some of us just brought some kids and whatnot. But we were all there together. And we all stayed in the same hotel um, which was such a fun experience. It really was. I wasn't sure going into it how all of the logistics were going to be worked out. But 
the you know we most of us were there the night before we did a little hanging out the kids got to hang out with cousins got a little crazy we had to kind of keep telling the kids to keep quiet in the hallways but and set up various rooms and cousins were sleeping in all various places so it was just a lot of family fun and it made me think that this is something we should make more of an effort to do even though my siblings and I are scattered all across the country we've got people you know my my parents and I are the only ones left in New Hampshire which is where all of us grew up um I've got siblings that are in Connecticut, in Rhode Island, in North Carolina, in Colorado. Now in Seattle, I've got a brother who just moved out there and in California. So we're all over the place. But I felt like, gee, it's really worth the effort for all of us to get together and connect on a more regular basis. It's so easy to let years go by and not reconnect with family members in meaningful ways. This trip was a handy excuse to do it. We all wanted to be there for my brother John's wedding. And it was a beautiful wedding ceremony. I cried. Of course I cried. I had plenty of Kleenex in my purse because I was pretty sure I was going to cry. I wasn't I wasn't anticipating exactly how emotional it would be for me and the reasons why it would be emotional. Um, my brother John is 10 years younger than I am, so I have such vivid memories of him as a little boy, of him as a toddler. And so then seeing him standing at the front of the church and just beaming with pride as his bride walked down the aisle was so moving to me. He just I was just thinking, that's three-year-old John. He's getting married. <laughs> he had the same sweet little smile and expression on his face and he looked so happy. He was so happy that day that I was just rejoicing for him in this beautiful grace-filled day for him. And they had beautiful weather, a beautiful outdoor reception. And so everything about the trip was great. And it was exhausting, of course. Then we drove back. At least I had Dan at that point. He flew down, but then uh, drove back with me and the kids. So, um, And Dan's one of those guys that does not like for me to drive. If he's at all able to drive, he's driving. <laughs> and, you know, I, and th that's good and it's bad, I guess. He's not really a control freak, but he, he feels like that's his role. And he, he doesn't want me to be um, the one that's doing the driving on those long trips. So it's, it's kind of sweet. And it, it really worked out for me because after having done the first part of the trip myself, it was kind of tiring to think about just, a, a you know, two days later making the trek back. So that made it enjoyable. And he was a part of our, our family experience that way, too. So great, great road trip. And um, now, as I'm recording this, I'm in Boston doing my taping of The Gist, and I'm hoping that you will have last week heard the episode that I put together here uh, in Boston with some of the people who helped me on the show, who put together The Gist, some of the behind the scenes. So, um, so my plan is to release this one after that. But the topic of this week's show is hurt people hurt people. Now, that's a phrase that I heard. I don't even know who to credit with that phrase, but it really does stand out to me. And it's something that it's a helpful reminder to me because we all get hurt by other people in our lives, whether it's people we're close to, people we're acquainted with, people we work with, whatever it is, um, we're all vulnerable. This is an imperfect world and human beings are broken and flawed in so many ways that we hurt each other. And um, I found that phrase really helpful to remember because we all have times in our lives when we feel hurt, when we feel wronged, when we grow indignant and feel we have every right to lash out in anger about some 
something that's been done that's wrong to us or to somebody that we care about. And in this year of mercy, I've been really reflecting a lot on the idea of mercy and what that means, all the different things that that can mean during the year of mercy. It can mean mercy for ourselves, seeking forgiveness in confession. But I think it also applies in a much greater way in that we're called to be mercy to other people definitely the people that we share our lives with day in and day out. Those are the those are the most opportunities I think we have to practice mercy are inside of our own homes, inside of our own families, and the messed up ways we sometimes hurt and disappoint one another. But even outside of that, that a lot of us, I think, hold on to hurts, whether it's hurt from your childhood, hurt from your young adulthood, hurt from last week, whatever it is, I think we hold on to the wounds that we receive from other people in ways that can be uniquely destructive in our lives and in our personal relationships. So I want to talk about this idea that it's hurt people that hurt people. And I find that's an important reminder. So if you're holding on to a hurt from somebody, if you're resenting somebody still, you know, whether it's years or just days that have passed that you've been holding on to a hurt, I think it's important to reflect on that, to kind of switch your perspective from what a jerk, I can't believe they did this to me or to this person that I love and care for, but thinking about what kind of person does that? What kind of person is so messed up that they hurt people in the way that you've been hurt? And the answer always is that they're uniquely wounded people, that they're people who are hurting themselves, that are lashing out, that are repeating behaviors that have been done to them. They're people who are broken in ways that sometimes we don't even fully understand that, you know, they've experienced terrible losses in their life, or they never were given some of the opportunities and privileges that we have. So I think it's very helpful because Sometimes when we're holding on to that hurt, in fact, every time when we're holding on to that hurt, we're just increasing the wound. We're just prolonging the pain that it's caused. We're making it so that we're hurt even more by that thing because we're not letting go of it. And by remembering that it's hurt people that hurt other people and focusing in this year of mercy on being mercy to even those who have hurt us and aren't even sorry, perhaps. Situations like that happen all the time. Situations that are terribly unjust, that you can accept that it's unjust. You can even be angry at that injustice, and yet we're still called to forgive. We're still called to be mercy to other people. And I always find that focusing on the woundedness and the misery of a person who hurts other people deliberately in ways that sometimes we don't even understand, that can be a real motivator toward mercy. It can help you gain that perspective that God really wants us to have in those kinds of situations. An example from my own life that I've been reflecting on during this year of mercy um, is something that actually, it wasn't something that happened to me. It was something that happened to my husband, Dan, um, in a workplace situation this past fall that was so wrong. And it hurt him a lot. It hurt him spiritually. It hurt him emotionally. It hurt him professionally. It was a very damaging thing that when it came right down to it, there were a lot of things that I was I was upset about. I'm not going to share all the details about it um, because it wouldn't be appropriate. But during the time, there were a lot of things, you know, about the entire situation that were wrong and that um, disappointed me and I was upset with and about the workplace and it, itself and all of that. But ultimately, it came down to one person one person who had done something and had perpetuated um, a situation for my husband that was really unfair, really unjust, and really, you know, 
And it, what I found with me was that I am not naturally a person who gets really angry and wants, you know, and is a vengeful person. I don't have that kind of fiery personality, but this brought this out in me. And I feel like it was because it wasn't me that was hurt. It was Dan that was hurt. It was Dan that was targeted by this person in this really unfair way. And that made me so angry in a way that I don't know that I have previously experienced it. And so, you know, this was just this past fall, so maybe like eight months ago, that I was feeling this very fresh wound and very angry on his behalf. And I found myself thinking about things about this person. And, oh, if I ever saw her alone, what I would say to her, what I would do to her, what I, you know, just so crazy, these foreign thoughts to me. And I became very aware of how poisonous that is how hurtful that was to my own soul, and how tempting that situation was for me. This person, for whatever reason, was doing this really unjust thing, doing something terrible, um, you know, choosing to to hurt my husband and hurt my family uh, as a result of that. And that I was holding on to it in this angry, vicious, wanting to get revenge upon this person somehow way that was really actually foreign to me. Not that I'm a walking saint, but I I think I've been blessed that I haven't had many experiences that were so deeply wounding, that that were so unjust. So I know there are people who've had, you know, they've they've grown up perhaps in situations that were terribly unfair. They've been, you know, maybe repeatedly hurt by other people, even people that they should expect to, to be loyal to them, to that they should expect to care for them. So this was somebody that our family didn't know very well. We knew her for a very short time. And the fact that she did this thing, I wasn't able to let go of it in a way that felt foreign to me. That was... um very destructive to me in holding on to that kind of anger and not not wanting to forgive. Not that this person was seeking my forgiveness at all. And I haven't had contact with this person, um, but I certainly have brought this situation to confession. And that's something I want to encourage you to do if if you are Catholic and um, the, the sacraments are something that you have access to. If you are holding on to anger, if you're holding on to hatred in your heart, anger in your heart, you know, wanting bad things for another human being, however it feels justified in your own mind that that's that's sinful and it's it's tearing you up it's costing you your joy your happiness your peace and confession is a great place to get rid of that garbage confession is a great place to go and it doesn't have to be a therapy session but just release that give it to Jesus and let him begin to heal your heart because it's okay to admit that things hurt. It's okay to admit that you're deeply ripped apart by something, but we all need that reminder. And sometimes the reminder comes from the outside. You know, during that time last fall where I was feeling that, I, I was kind of working through my feelings with um, a couple of friends and I, I wrote down a reminder to myself that I recently went back and looked up because um, somebody close to me was going through a, not the exact same situation, but was going through something that was hurtful and they were becoming angry as a result of it. And, um, so the simple reminder that I wrote to myself back then, and I've had to reference again and again for my own self, but also for other people who are hurting, this is what I wrote back then. The temptation is to allow bad people to make you a bad person too. But the way of lasting peace and satisfaction will always be to do the harder thing, to hold on and to defend the goodness of your own heart with ferocity. Now, 
what I mean by that, of course, is that what the temptation is, is that we're going to get dragged down to the level of the people who've hurt us if we're just seeking revenge in return. But if what we truly want is peace, and who doesn't want that? If you're suffering from a wound, if you're suffering from somebody who's hurt you, even someone who isn't sorry, what you really want is peace. It's greatly disturbing to our sense of peace and happiness in this world to hold on to anger, to hold on to grudges, to hold on to that kind of resentment. And um, that, you know, to the, so the temptation is to get down to their level, but there's not satisfaction and happiness to be found in that. So I think recognizing that we're tempted to that and that it's a normal human reaction to situations that are unjust, it that's that's good. It's good to talk about that. It's good to talk about your feelings, to be honest about how you're truly feeling. But at the end of the day, it's important to remind ourselves and to remind one another of the fact that we're called to be better than that and that you have a goodness in you and that what is, what's an even greater loss, what would be an even greater loss than whatever the thing is that you've suffered is for you to wound your own soul further by giving into that temptation to hate or to hold on to anger and resentment inside of your heart to become bad yourself to choose the you know choose bad thoughts and choose bad uh, perspectives as a result of someone else's bad behavior so what i want to encourage you to do this week is to think about some way in which that you've been hurt in a way that someone else has been unfair to you, unkind to you, um, or unfair, unkind, (laughs) this for me is worse, to somebody that you love and care about. Um, And to think about what what feelings you're holding on to with regard to that, whether it's feelings you've just been holding on to for a few hours, or feelings you've been holding on to for decades, because both of those situations exist. But in this year of mercy, we're called to be mercy to one another. And that's a tough calling. It sounds all very nice, right? Year of mercy. And and yet the, the call is to be merciful to ourselves as well as to other people. And part of being merciful to yourself is practicing that forgiveness to other people because it's a gift. It's a release that you're going to give to yourself. So again, I want to encourage you that if you're holding on to any kind of a resentment at this point in your life, whether it's a big one or a little one, because Trust me, those little ones fester and grow if you let them stay in your heart. To get yourself to confession, to talk about those those situations, talk about, it doesn't have to be a therapy session. Therapy's great. If you need that, you may. You may need counseling for um, some big wounds, for some big ways that you've been hurt and how to get through those, how to, how to deal with those kinds of feelings. But inside of confession... You don't, you don't have to get into, you know, a, a big therapy session inside a confession. You bring your wounds to Jesus. You list them how they are. You list your sins. You, you list the things you've done that you've thought and you've said and you haven't done that, that, um, you should have done. And you just bring those wounds to the, the, the divine physician who's Jesus, our doctor. And that's how I like to think about confession. And, you know, the, the way that some of us hide from confession is the way some people, I think, avoid the doctor, especially if they're sick. And we all know that makes no sense. If somebody's sick, they need a doctor. Well, we're all, we're all spiritually sick. We're all spiritually wounded. We, we all suffer the effects of original sin. So if there's some resentment you're holding on to, some grudge you're holding on to, some person that you're struggling to forgive in your heart— Go and get that grace inside the sacrament of confession. You'll be so glad that you did. You'll find peace. Pray to Jesus for peace specifically with regard to certain situations, and he won't fail to answer you. 
And then even outside of confession, this doesn't have to involve the other person at all. You know, if somebody hurt you in the past, you don't have to go and look up that person and tell them that you forgive them. If appropriate, sure, that that can be a very healing thing. But speak those words to yourself. Speak those words this week inside of your own heart that you forgive that person, that you're letting go of that resentment, that you're not thinking and, and wanting revenge, that you're forgiving in the way that Jesus teaches us to forgive and in the way that we all need Jesus to forgive every one of us. So that's the number one thing I think I, um, that we should all take away from this year of mercy is that it's not just for those other people who are sinners or for those other people who have hurt us. It's for all of us. We all need Christ's mercy. And confession is a great way to get it, but also that act of just forgiving inside of your own heart. There's no more Christ-like thing you can do than to let go of the sins, to let go of the ways in which other people have hurt you. And this year of mercy is a wonderful invitation, a call to every one of us to do exactly that. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I had an opportunity to talk with Brooke Taylor. Now, Brooke is a woman with a broadcasting background. She's working in radio. She also hosts the Good Things Radio podcast that you may be familiar with. She formerly did it with Jennifer Willits, and now she's carrying it on on her own, doing a wonderful job at that. She's an adoptive mom. She's a homeschooling mom, I think at least part-time. She's a mom of a daughter with autism. She just has such a unique perspective and background on so many things and many different talents. So take a listen. Let me know what you think. Hey, everyone. I am so happy to be welcoming a special guest to the show today. Brooke Taylor is a radio personality, wife of an army veteran and mom of five, four boys and a girl they adopted from Poland. For nearly a decade, Brooke Taylor was co-host of the family-friendly morning show on 95.5 The Fish in Cleveland, Ohio. Brooke is the host of the Ms. Wheelchair USA pageant and has appeared on EWTN's Living Right with Dr. Ray. She's also involved in the ministry Food for the Poor and has traveled to Guatemala and Haiti to raise awareness and funds for the poorest of the poor. Brooke left her full-time job two years ago to care for her family and has since started a podcast entitled Good Things Radio. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here with us. Hi, Danielle. I am so, so honored to be on your show. Thank you for asking me. It's so nice to be on the program. Absolutely. I'm so glad we can finally connect. I feel like I've known you because I listened to your podcast and we've connected on Facebook and a few other places. So I feel like we've been connected, but this is our first actual conversation. So, so fun to do here on Girlfriends. I I, ditto. I feel the same way because when you were, I think it was um, faithandfamilylive.com. Yes. um, And back in just the blogger day, I mean, we still blog. Yeah. But I mean, no, that was that, the, that was the blogging days way back it when. Was. <laughs> and that's when I first was introduced to you. And then um, your program with with Rachel and the rest of the ladies that you yep. had on TV. I mean, it's so I and then your omnipotent um, mm-hmm. book and study. So I feel grateful to connect with you. Finally, this is a long time coming. I know. I think so. And hopefully the, the first of many conversations that we'll share. So yes. um, now so in, in your bio, you shared a little bit about um, your background in radio, but I, I thought I saw that you had a, a new gig in radio on that you announced on Facebook recently. What's going on? 
I do. That happened really fast. And just as the Lord works, he just sometimes drops things in your lap. And then other times it's just a long drawn out thing, but this was a surprise. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually not, it's in secular radio, which I really debated and prayed about because once I transitioned to Christian radio, I thought I'm never leaving. This is right. <laughs> it's heaven. Yeah, <laughs> ministry. But um, this is a news talk. It's, it's kind of a flagship radio station in Cleveland. And so they do like Glenn Beck and the Rush Limbaugh show, but they also have original programming and I'm going to be doing, I'm a news anchor. So it's a radio news anchor, but they also compete with TV, which should be interesting because the RNC, the Republican National convention is coming in July to Cleveland. Whoa. So all of a sudden I'll be covering it. I mean, normally I'm just focused on getting in my yoga pants and making sure. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I mean, that's a good thing about radio. I can still wear my yoga pants, but it's going to be a very intense uh, trial by fire kind of. um, So it's part time, which is nice. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, the good thing about you know, the, the blessing of, of being a mom in media is you can kind of customize to a point what sure. you do. So it'll just be a couple days a week. Great. Sounds like a wonderful opportunity. And I can't wait it, to hear you covering the convention. This is so exciting. Yes, uh, we'll see. I, it's definitely um, going to be different. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, We're looking forward to you meeting those challenges there. Well, let's get right into the questions. I always ask the same questions to Women on Girlfriends podcast because I love hearing the variety of answers that we, we all share some things in common, but there are things that make us all different and we all have our own unique perspective. So I'm looking forward to hearing what yours is, Brooke. Let's start with the first one. Can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement, whether it was in your work or your personal life? Well, first of all, thank you for this question, because I, for myself, anyway, I think I tend to focus on the defeats. Right. My, we my do sense, that. Yeah. My sense of omission, what I didn't do. <laughs> but um, I think probably a recent triumph would be I ran across, and I shared this on the podcast, uh, my my show, but a couple weeks ago, um, we had a computer that I haven't used in a long time and my husband fired it up and there was a file that I had recorded. It was a video that was a couple years old and it was a really blessed kind of moment of grace because I was talking in the video about my daughter's autism diagnosis. She's severely autistic. She has global developmental delays. And at the time when I was looking at that video, recording it a couple years ago, I was really in the grief process. I was struggling with making peace about it and just my own fears, my limitations. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was until I watched that video that I could see how far I've come on the journey as a special needs mom. And it really, to me, it was a moment of triumph because day to day, you know, my daughter is going to be six in a few weeks and she's still cognitively, intellectually, like uh, at about a 24 month old level. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, when I go to get her a birthday present or Christmas present, we're still in the the kind of infant toys and every day it's just one step at a time. I don't really look beyond that day because some days are good days. Some days we backslide a little bit. But it wasn't until I saw that video where I thought, we've come so far. And I guess for me, spiritually and um, psychologically even, I've really grown and made peace and and just such a sense of trusting God every day. So I guess for me, that would be a very profound, unexpected triumph that just kind of 
was a gift from God. Wow. I love that. Because I think we all have those things. Like, you know, you kind of feel like you're the same person you were 15 years ago. Yeah. All you do, all you need to do is see something you wrote 15 years ago or something that you spoke 15 years ago to think, wow, I'm a different person because we are always changing and growing, hopefully in good ways. And it sounds like you really have done that as a mom of a, a daughter with special needs. Thanks. And I, and I agree so much in the blessing too, that we have, like we can write down through blogs or pictures, mm-hmm. our thoughts. And I think sometimes too, like, why was I so hard on myself? Because I remember, you know, if I look back at a blog post or something that I shared five years ago, and at the time I can remember thinking I'm the biggest failure, but I go back now, or I have to lose 10 pounds. And I look at my <laughs> pictures and I'm like, what was wrong with me? I I know it's important to keep that in mind because you know we're still feeling that way about the photos now and 10 years from now we'll be like I looked fabulous what was I I complaining about it's so true just like Laura give me grace to see myself the way you see me today I think I like that that's a good prayer that's one that we should all wake up and pray every morning because we would do nothing but go around feeling really good about ourselves yes (laughs) that we do usually probably that's right that's right so true Okay, well, that's a great triumph. I love that. That's a beautiful personal moment. Um, and now, Brooke, we're going to move on to a mistake. Can you share with us a mistake you once made? And <laughs> I, you know, I know we're always like, well, which one? Because there's so many, but maybe one that really stands out is something that you really learned from. Oh boy, um, this one is actually the first time I'm ever sharing this. Mom, yes, bye. What? How long are you doing it? I'll be like 10 more minutes, okay? About that. I love it. No, definitely keeping that in. I love it. (laughs) My little guy. He's trying to be so patient. Um, (laughs) Well, it was, I've never shared this before, um, but it was when I had all my kids in the car. And I think my oldest, my oldest is going to be 15. I think he was probably 11 at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I had an event. And and this was when I was working full time. And I was basically working seven days a week because I would have concerts or retreats or ministry events. And I had an event that I was emceeing and I needed shoes really bad. And so I thought, I know right where they are. I'm going to run into this. It was like in a strip mall type place. I'm going to park and I'm going to run in. I'm going to get these shoes. Mm -hmm. And I had all the kids in the car and my daughter, you know, Carolina, she's real sensitive to sensory things. And I thought I can either run in and get the shoes or I can take all five kids in and it's going to be a fiasco. I'm just going to go ahead. My oldest is 11. So I'm going to run in and get the shoes and I'll be out in like four minutes. Mm-hmm. I knew where they were, all of that. And, um, and I did that. But when I came out to the parking lot, there was a woman that was standing next to my car and she, I thought she was going to attack me. And oh my gosh. Um, she said, are you the mother of these children? And she said, you left your children in the car by themselves. And my son was really upset because he said, no, I'm okay. You know, he was trying to defend me and he's like, no, I'm I'm 11. Now when I was 11, I was babysitting. I I know. Same here. (laughs) And, you know, so I thought I'm just going to run in for a couple minutes. My son is 11. He's very mature. I mean, you know how it is when you have a large family, the oldest is typically sure. Not always, but, you know, very good at kind of holding down the fort. So, mm-hmm. and I never left them for anything ever, let alone to run in. But, um, you know, it just, I, I had an immediate lump in my throat and felt like the worst mother in the world. And she said, I cannot believe that you let, she said, I would never leave my children in the car. And I said, well, my oldest is here. He's okay. I just ran in for a minute. And mm-hmm. it was one of those parenting moments where um, I think, you know, any mom could, could look at things you've done and say, wow, Lord, thank you for protecting my kids. Or I really screwed up. And at the time as a mom, 
I was so stressed and just did what I had to do and didn't think much of it. And I still don't know. I mean, maybe I'm a terrible mom because I didn't immediately look at that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but I, is that something you would have done? I mean, what yeah. You- I mean, I know, I know there was a time there where my oldest was right around 11 or 12. And I was going through these kinds of moments where like, is this okay? Is this okay? And right. I was researching different state laws to be sure I wasn't going to break any laws. And, you know, this is where our society has us, you know, right. that they're always looking to blame a mom for something and it to me honestly there's nothing wrong with what you did in that situation Brooke like I just (laughs) you're getting the girlfriend stamp of approval (laughs) I appreciate you saying that because I've never shared this with anybody because I was so afraid like I know I know and there probably are people listening that that disagree with what I just said but the fact is you know Every mom knows her kids. She knows her own situation. And I think that one of the greatest tragedies in our culture today is that we don't allow women to feel confident about themselves, feel confident in the decisions they make, that our culture is just so hypervigilant and, you know, quote unquote, safety conscious that it's really, I think, harmful to our family lives. It's harmful to us because it makes us doubt ourselves as moms. And the number one thing a mom needs is confidence. She needs confidence and not that we're going to do everything perfectly. You know, we're going to mess things up, but she needs confidence that she knows her kids better than anybody, that she, she knows what's best for them and how to, how to best go about doing that. So honestly, I did similar things. Um, and, um, I would support any mom in doing those similar things. And, and a lot of it varies depending on, you know, you wouldn't leave them like in an inner city somewhere, by themselves and you know you know the area and you know so I think that we've gotten just a little bit paranoid and we've lost ourselves that you know I think that's actually the the reasons why when in situations where I didn't choose to do what you did um it wasn't because I was afraid something bad would happen to my kids it's because I was afraid I'd walk out to the scene that you walked out to you know right right and that's you know that's something that it's been probably three years that mm-hmm. I've thought about over and over so many different times. And I think too, it's interesting with my daughter's autism, there are many times that we're in public and people don't understand because with autism, it's not a disability you wear, meaning that mm-hmm. you don't see Caroline and automatically know that she has special needs. She sure. looks normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when she begins to to act out or she's nonverbal for the most part, you know, it, it people don't know. And so I, I've definitely learned to detach from feeling concerned what other people might think because they don't know, you know, and like you said, we have to trust the mother to know her child. And there are some circumstances where it's discernment where a mother, you know, is clearly behaving in an inappropriate way or, you know, has an issue. But, um, I think part of it is just being confident in our skills as moms, which we all need help with. Sure. Yeah. And how about a little less judging, a little more pitching in, a little more helping out? How can I help you? Because that's a tough situation to have to drag five kids, you know, various ages and, you know, disabilities and whatnot into a store to to make a quick purchase. But I think that's the burden that we're putting on our families. And it's a tragedy to me because it makes family life more difficult than it needs to be. And it makes it seem more daunting for moms to have another child, perhaps, that or to add to their family. I think that's a great point. And, and you know what is a really funny note I'll share real quick is there's an old fashioned book. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's called like, they're called like the Uncle Edwards Readers or something like that. They used to be in all doctor's offices and they yeah, have these moral these. stories. Well, they, they're classic books. And so my mom grew up reading them to me. And then she gave me the one that we had. It's all kind of tattered and torn. And so 
I started to read them to my kids. And there's a story in there about a mom and, she, and her daughter's asking, mom, why are your hands so, so burned and ugly? And she said, I want to tell you the story. When you were a baby, I had put you in your bed and periodically this mom, now this is a story probably written in the 1940s or 1950s. And the mm-hmm. mom in the story is saying that she would put her daughter down for her nap and then walk down the street to her neighbors <laughs> and, and visit her neighbor. And when she was doing that, she saw that there was smoke and noticed their house was on fire. So she ran into the house and she saved her daughter. And because of that, her hands got burned. Wow. And the story was about sacrificing herself. But I thought, what was that, mother? <laughs> <laughs> She'd be in jail today. I know. She went down the street. But at that time, it was like no big yeah. deal. It was just a moral lesson. So it's just, you know, cultures and time and eras are so different. And I think with it being the year of mercy, just the grace and mercy part. Yes. On. A little less judgment, a little more pitching in, supporting, <laughs> encouraging, being helpful. Yes. yes. Oh, sure. yeah. Great. That is actually a really great story. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about that story all day. Okay. Well, real quick, before we get to your lightning round, um, what's the best advice you've ever received, Brooke? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it? Um, okay, I would say, because this is one I try to think of every day, it would be soon to be um, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And that is her quote about, I don't pray for success, I ask for faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what it's about, whether it's our careers or at home. Um, it's just to be faithful. You know, our success looks different. And I guess going back to what I was sharing about my daughter, you know, my daughter is not reaching the milestones and where she should be with typical peers, but I hope that I'm being faithful to God's call to form her heart and raise a holy child. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is success. And in our careers, you know, we can get caught up in, you know, the, what the next person's doing or where we should be. But as long as we're being faithful and it's about obedience and trust, then as we rest in God's will, I think that's where our happiness is, true happiness. So that's the best I would say quote. So true. And I love Mother Teresa of Calcutta. What what a beautiful example she is of exactly yes. that. Because even if you're not raising a, a child with special needs, we all have ways that our lives come up short in in terms of the world's definition of success, you know, um, especially those of us raising families that there's stuff that goes on inside our homes that's like ridiculous, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, then, and then to, you know, me- measure that up with what's supposed to be success or a successful career or what you're meant to accomplish for, you know, quote unquote, to achieve your fulfillment in this life that it doesn't match up. And to remember that, that it's not about success. It's not about the world's definition of success, but that faithfulness. And, you know, some of us might never achieve worldly success. And right. that, that might not be God's plan, that he's achieving great things for your salvation and for that of others through your small steps and your faithfulness, even in the hidden heart of your home. That's exactly right. And I think too, through, I mean, I look at your story. I mean, your son, was he just, he just graduated, right? Yes. Yeah. And was he valedictorian or he spoke or something? He spoke, he? yes. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up because I take any opportunity to brag about this. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't valedictorian. He was in the top 10. And um, the kids in the school were invited to write speeches and um, two were selected to be uh, to be delivered at graduation. So my son Ambrose, he had, um, he had, he was told he had, you know, just five minutes. It ended up being seven minutes, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> but, um, you know, th- and, and I shared in a, in a recent podcast that um, in that moment where he's giving the speech that I, I, he didn't do it for me ahead of time. He kept it to himself and he didn't want help with it. But then when I'm listening to him that I was just so overwhelmed with the idea that 
I didn't do this. You know, the, the, the achievement that this, this, this child has, has done in, in delivering the speech and sharing this message that I was so moved by and I felt like there was so much truth and wisdom in it. That didn't come from me. I'm taking zero credit. I said I'm bragging, but it's not really bragging. I'm bragging on God because that's where it came from. It's just so clear to me that the source of every goodness, every good thing our kids do, everything they might accomplish, every success in quotes that we might achieve in this world, we're not doing it. It's not us. Well, it's all from God. But you you cooperated and you you molded him. I mean, you formed that that clay. Into right. This it's working thing. with God. Absolutely. And yeah. that, I think that's what Mother Teresa is talking about yep. in that faithfulness, that yep. just working with God's grace. And he's so good. He's so generous. And yes. he overwhelms us sometimes. And that's what I find as my kids get older. You said your oldest is 15. You're going to find it too as your kids are growing that what a gift it is to see the the young people they become that you feel like this is so much bigger than I ever even imagined. And so much, you know, even though we have our, our challenges and our failures and things that disappoint us, that ultimately it's such a gift to share in, in a child's life in that way and watch them grow into the people God means them to be. Yeah, that's the prayer. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm getting all teary eyed here on Girlfriends. <laughs> <I'm> getting- <laughs> Good tears. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's bonding. That's (laughs) That's right. It's a lot of estrogen in those tears. Thing. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, it's been such a pleasure talking with you, but we're going to have to finish up here with your lightning round where we oh, ask boy. 60 seconds of some fast, fun questions and hopefully get to know you just a little bit better. I love people's answers to these. So if okay. you're ready, we'll get started. I'm ready. All right. This is Brooke Taylor's lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Here we go. Okay, Brooke, what's your favorite way to hang out and connect with friends and family? Oh, boy. Um, this is lightning. It's going to take five to answer the question. Um, I would say, you know what? Yesterday we had a rare, um, we have a, a book club that I started about a year and a half ago and we had a family picnic and it was such an awesome thing because we prayed together and we played together and we had fellowship and um, it's a rare thing, but I would say that to me is my favorite because it's just resting in uh, the sisters and brothers in Christ in, um, you know, enjoying the church and so I, I would say something like that. Just Beautiful. Fellowship. Yeah. All right. Um, and what has surprised you most about being a mom to a child with special needs? Um, now I'm going to cry. I would, <laughs> say, um, I would say her holiness and how there is a veil that has been lifted. And I know that she knows Jesus and she knows him more than people will go a lifetime um, knowing him. And she's only five years old. And so I think for me, that's I, I knew I wasn't prepared for this journey, but God equipped us and, and has called us forth and it's deeper and richer than I ever imagined. Wow. Beautiful. Well, those weren't quick answers, but they were worth it. That was, <laughs> that was a great lightning round. Thanks so much for doing it. You survived. You did great. And I appreciate beautiful thoughts that you shared there, really. Good questions. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, Brooke, um, before we have to say goodbye, maybe there's something you're working on and maybe it's your new gig, but um, what are you working on? What are you excited about? What What, what do you want to share with us? Well, I oh, this is another big, um, I feel like you're Oprah or Barbara Watson. <laughs> That's my dream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just received an official uh, book contract from (gasps) Avi Maria Press. Oh, my gosh. This Um, is. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So that's that's probably the biggest 
the biggest blessing. And so um, I'm going to be submitting my manuscript in December. So for the next six months, um, I'm going to be working on a book. And so that's, again, there you go with the um, asking for faithfulness and, right. and not necessarily success, but being obedient to what God is calling me to do. So yeah. what's the topic going to be? The topic is praise always, that in all circumstances, um, we we have to offer praise as in the book of Job, you know, um, the Lord gives and take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's it's one thing to know that in our minds, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to live it out. And so these are spiritual exercises, much like um, the sacrament of the moment. There's a, a classic book about that. Mm-hmm. And just taking every moment as sacred and living as kind of mother monks and taking the opportunities through loss, through fatigue, through bad moods, mm-hmm. through, um, through grief and in taking those moments and using them as exercise of praise. And I have a blog called The Sacred Sink, and that's what it's about too, that even at the sink, it can be sacred, it can be holy, and sanctifying the moments that God gives us in our domestic church, our home. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I can't wait for this book. That's so wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, wow. exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm I'm grateful to God because I just, you know, I'm always surprised when, when we hope to give our lives to God where he takes us, and he is the master of surprises. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Yes, always the last thing you would have planned or expected. So yeah. wonderful. He wor- he's working in amazing ways in your life, and we can see it in, in the work that you share. So thank you for coming on, and thank you also, Brooke, for all the ways that you share online and in your podcast and through your broadcasting. You really are a gift, and we really are grateful for it here on Girlfriends. Thank you. I, I feel the same way about you and just grateful for, you know, sisters and the Catholic faith. And so it's an honor. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks, Danielle. I just want to thank Brooke for coming on and sharing so vulnerably about some of the challenges of her own motherhood. I think we can all relate to the kinds of things that she shared and the kinds of insecurities I think that we all have in this daunting vocation to motherhood. So um, I'll link up uh, Brooke's podcast and her blog and all the things that she's doing, including that new book that's coming out um, in the show notes at daniellebean.com. And now we're at the part of the show where I like to share a little feedback from you all. Um, Because I'm pre-recording, I don't have uh, voice feedback to share. Hopefully when I get back from France, I'll have tons waiting for me. So keep it coming. I'm going to want it. You know I get greedy about voice feedback. So you can do that at daniellebean.com. You can click um, leave a voicemail there and it takes you over to SpeakPipe, which is an easy way. You don't need special equipment or anything. You can record right from your computer or from your phone. Um, give me that voice feedback. Let me know what you think about today's topics, what kinds of topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. Um, you can also connect with me on Voxer if you want to leave a voice message that way. It's a fun app. Uh, the link for connecting with me on Voxer is in the show notes as well at daniellebean.com. And I regularly post the link as well on social media. So if you follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Danielle Bean or on Twitter, I'm at Danielle Bean on Twitter. So check it out. Connect with me there. Give me your feedback. Let me know what kinds of things you'd like for me to take up in future episodes. I'm always looking for topics that are going to be of interest to you because I'm looking to put out this podcast as a service to you. I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. I want it to serve your needs. I want it to address the topics that are 
on your heart and mind. And speaking of that, I did hear from Faith AZ. I don't know if that's Arizona or what. Um, She had a couple of different suggestions for different podcasts. Um, One was to address the unique challenges of being an older mom. She and her husband adopted their first child when she was 40 and he was 42. So that is something I definitely would be interested in taking up in a future podcast. I'm starting to feel like an old mom myself, even though uh, I, the last time I did the baby thing was many years ago. Um, I am feeling it and I feel old when I'm at like my youngest uh, baseball game. So if you have a perspective you want to share on being an older mom, the unique challenges or joys of doing that, or if you have a guest suggestion on that topic, that would be great. I'd love to hear from you about that. Um, But I do plan to take that up, Faith, in a future episode. The other one um, was she was asking for resources and uh, maybe a little bit talking about the topic of physical limitations in your motherhood. When your motherhood doesn't look like what you want it to. And she specifically was talking about having a traumatic back injury and that she physically isn't able to care for her children in the way that she would most like to in the way that she probably would have been able to before that injury. Um, and But then she also notes that, you know, there are mothers who can't mother the way they want to in many different ways because of dealing with chronic pain or illness and whatnot. And I think that's a great topic. And so that's something I'm going to give some thought to, uh, maybe do a little bit of research maybe look into some guests who might be able to share on that particular perspective. But um, thank you, Faith, for sending in that feedback. I always love to hear from people by email or by voicemail, letting me know what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what things would be most helpful for you to hear about in the podcast. If you'd like to send me an email, you can do that at danielle at daniellebean.com. It's that easy. You can do it. I'd love to hear from you. And as far as feedback goes, I'm really grateful and I just want to give a big thank you to those of you who are supporting this podcast and making it available for everyone by supporting it financially at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. That's an easy way, if you're not familiar with it, that you can make an account and you can sort of subscribe to pledge a certain amount per episode, as little as a dollar per episode. You can support this podcast, you can support other artistic projects and other podcasts podcasts and other things people are creating at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash girlfriends. I'm so grateful to those of you who do support this podcast in this way, because you're not only encouraging me and inspiring me to continue to do it on a regular basis and covering some of the costs financially that I take on to produce the podcast with um, various subscriptions and equipment and, um, you know, memberships that I need to have and the hosting kinds of costs. But even more than that, you're making it possible for other people to hear this podcast and enjoy this podcast, people who might never sign up at patreon.com, and yet you're making it available to them. So if this podcast is something that you appreciate, something that you appreciate having available for free for others as a means of evangelization, as a means of support and encouragement in family living, then please consider making that kind of donation at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. I really appreciate your support in every way. And also in feedback, I want to thank LM Lord 80 who left a very nice iTunes review, which is another way that you can help to um, make the podcast so that more people will discover it on iTunes is by leaving an iTunes review, subscribing on iTunes, subscribing in Stitcher if you use that, or subscribing in Google if you use that, whatever service you use, hitting that subscribe button 
really helps my numbers and helps other people to discover this podcast. Um, also rating this podcast, it's as easy, easy as clicking a number of stars. And leaving a review is another wonderful way that it's very encouraging to me. It helps me to know the things that you value, but then it also boosts the podcast's uh, visibility and other people can get to know the podcast because you've made that time to make that review. So um, hearing from L.M. Lord this week, she said, when I found this podcast, I binge listened to the first 20. Wow, I feel self-conscious right now thinking about you listening to my voice for that long. God bless you. Anyway, um, Danielle provides wisdom, empathy, and encouragement that has struck home with me on many different levels. As a mom of young ones, it's easy to feel isolated and or overwhelmed. And Danielle and her guests share advice and experience that's totally relatable. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's really my goal here is I don't ever want this podcast to be me preaching down to the people. It's really me just sharing from my own life experience, but then also through my my awesome guests, the great people who come on and make the time to talk with us here at Girlfriends to share person to person those kinds of unique challenges that we all face, those kinds of triumphs, taking the time to recognize our triumphs as well. And just relating to one another on a very personal level, sharing our faith on a very personal level, and sharing the very real trials. Because I think it doesn't do anybody any good to slap a happy face on family life or on Catholic living that, you know, these are wonderful, beautiful, inspiring, amazing ways that we can live out our call and our vocations. And yet they're uniquely challenging. They're uniquely joyful. They're also uniquely challenging. And so that's part of what motivates me here every week to come and do this podcast is to address those kinds of things in an honest way and a girlfriend to girlfriend way that you and I can get to know one another. We can talk about what's real. We can talk about our, our particular challenges. And, you know, sometimes all you really need is somebody else to say, oh, yeah, me too. And if nothing else, I hope that this podcast serves that purpose for you in your life. Because you know what? Hearing from you guys every week is really very encouraging to me in that way. Because sometimes I'll share things and I feel kind of vulnerable, like I'm I'm standing in the room in my underwear or something like, oh, this is hard for me, or oh, I messed this up or whatnot. And it's always very encouraging to me when I hear from you, when I get that voice feedback, when I get the emails from you. Some of you send private emails that you'd rather I don't share. And I appreciate hearing from you on that level. I appreciate the trust that you put in me to share what's on your heart, to share what's most important in your life. So thank you for all of that feedback. And um, I, I want to encourage you to support this podcast if you appreciate it in any way that you're able, whether it's through patreon.com, leaving a review, or just your prayer support. So at the end of this show, I just want to encourage every one of us listening to build that community of prayer. Let's pray for one another. I'll pray for you for sure, everybody who's listening to this podcast, but I want to encourage everyone who's listening to pray for everyone else who's listening so we have that prayerful support through the Girlfriends podcast. And I want to thank you for all the ways that you've supported me, all the ways you've connected with me. But even more importantly, I want to thank you just for being here. You showing up is a real vote of confidence to me. I love that you come back and that you trust me with your time week after week. I don't take it lightly, and I'm really honored by your presence here. So thank you so much for taking the time and spending almost an hour with me again this week. I appreciate it. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.